Greetings, beloveds, on this warm October evening, and welcome to The Word is Resistance, a weekly podcast hosted by Showing Up for Racial Justice. In this podcast, we explore the readings from the Christian Bible assigned for the week in the Revised Common Lectionary, focusing on how they provide us with tools to resist white supremacy's culture of domination, exploitation, and oppression, and how these texts can inspire new decolonial, anti-racist, and liberatory visions and practices to build a new world. I hope you are surrounded by the cool breezes or gentle warmth you need in this moment. I'm Dr. Sharon Fenema, and I serve as the curator of Join the Movement Toward Racial Justice, an anti-racism initiative of the United Church of Christ. I use she and her pronouns and am recording this podcast from my home, which rests on the unceded and ancestral lands of the Ohlone people, who continue to lay down prayers and raise up life on this ground in what is now known by some as Oakland, California. I'm honored to contribute to this podcast, which is geared toward white Christians like me, who are searching for ways to resource and expand our capacity for racial justice. As Christians of European descent, we know we have particular work to do in resisting the logics of supremacy, which we benefit from and are implicated in, so that we might contribute to new futures shaped by the liberatory visions and flourishing of Black, Indigenous, and people of color. The live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's Song for the Freedom Movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December of 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. invite you to join me in the solidarity of prayer as we prepare our hearts to encounter scripture with hearts open to what the Spirit has for us today. This is a prayer called For Those Who Left Their Bodies to Survive from Black Liturgies by Cole Arthur Riley. Divine Protector, remind us that our bodies are sacred The stories that we've inherited of both beauty and trauma rest on our bones. We have known what it is to have our physical agency stolen from us. We have known what it is to have our bodies used more than loved. And each day, capitalism demands we sacrifice blood and muscle at its altar. As we long for justice and deeper liberation, train us to listen well to our flesh, that we would make, eat, drink, rest, weep, stretch, move in freedom, knowing that our bodies are not enemy, but sacred guardians of our glory. May it be so. Open to the spirit by the sacred wisdom of our bodies, let us hear these words from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him in what he said. 
So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us, then, what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this, and whose title? They answered, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. afraid of the momentum he was building. They were trying to take him down a peg or two. Humble him, really. Show him that he wasn't as smart, as compelling, as prophetic as he thought. Remove some of his power by proving he doesn't have all the answers. Make him into a fraud. Get his followers to start questioning the influence and authority of his message, his wisdom, his vision for the world. Make people feel naive for thinking that a new world was possible, that resistance wasn't futile, that there could be a way out of no way. Trying to turn their hope into shame at how they got hoodwinked by an imposter. A proven strategy of empire for keeping power and privilege in place. So worried about the revolt he was brewing, they were trying to back him into a corner. Create a no-win situation. Force him to choose. Either fuel the resistance and put everyone in danger by angering the empire, or maintain the status quo and betray all the small and large ways his people were resisting and creating something new. Trap him into showing his revolutionary hand so that they could call him an extremist and turn all his followers into terrorists, too. Taxes or disobedience, Jesus. Yes or no, Jesus. Complicity or rebellion, Jesus. Either or, Jesus. Right or wrong, Jesus. Our way or the highway, Jesus. Israel or Palestine, Jesus, grieve or avenge, Jesus, with us or against us, Jesus. A proven strategy of supremacy for squelching dissent and cultivating fear. But Jesus doesn't take the bait. Instead of giving in to either or thinking, he refuses the binary. He resists reducing the complexity of this question and the nuances of these choices. He defies the prison they are trying to make for him out of colonizing supremacy tactics and culture. 
Instead, Jesus invites the community into a practice of discernment. Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. This Jesus life, this revolutionary love, this kingdom vision is not about yes or no answers. It's about discerning what belongs to Caesar and what belongs to God and acting accordingly. So what does belong to Caesar? And what does belong to God? What belongs to the state? What belongs to love? What belongs to empire, to privilege and power? What belongs to sacredness, to all that is holy, just, and compassionate? What a heartbreaking lament rises up when we start to lean into this call to discern. When we begin to recognize all that we have given over to Caesar, not only money, but also people and personhood, production and passion, not only taxes, but also mountains and forests, rivers and oceans, not only coins, but also sleep and rest spaciousness and creativity, not only tariffs, but also time and relationships, place and connection. Jesus looks at the coin and asks them, whose head is this and whose title? Maybe he's already asking them to say their own lament, to name aloud all that would call itself our God, demanding everything we have as love and loyalty. Say it. Name it. Lament it. This is all part of the discerning. Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. In the end, though, maybe Jesus meets their trick question with a trick answer. Because really, if we've been following anything he's said and done, we'd have to know that everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to sacredness. Everything has its place in what is holy, just, and compassionate. There is no binary here, no either or. Everything belongs to love, even Caesar. So, if slavery's economics tell us that bodies and babies lives and labor belong to Caesar, how will we give it over to love, reckoning with these lineages and working towards repair? If colonization tells us that the land and the abundant care it offers belongs to Caesar, how will we give it over to justice, resisting extraction and building kinship? If empire's imagination tells us that power, resources, and rights belong to Caesar, how will we give it over to sacredness, nourishing and cultivating equity? If patriarchy tells us that choice and agency and self-determination belong to Caesar, how will we give it over to belovedness, fostering collective liberation and interdependent autonomy? 
If the logics of occupation tell us that certain land and certain people belong to Caesar, how will we give it over to the holy? Practicing homecoming without violence and displacement. If nationalism tells us that our love and loyalty, our identity and safety belong to Caesar, how will we give it over to compassion? Reimagining borderless community. Heteronormativity tells us that our relationships and families belong to Caesar. How will we give it over to joy? finding queer bonds and abundant connections. Capitalism tells us that everything we are and everything we do belongs to Caesar. How will we give it over to God? Writing a new story about who we are and whose we are. Reimagine it, resist it, Transform it. This is all part of the discerning. Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. They were trying to take him down a peg or two. They were trying to back him into a corner, but Jesus invites them and us to discern their callings, to create a just world where everything belongs to love. our call to action this week, I invite you to take your own Caesar inventory. What have you given over to Caesar? What lament rises up in you from this discernment? What systems and structures of Caesar are forming you, your community, our world? And how are you being called to transform them, to give them over to love? And if you want some help loosening racialized capitalism's hold on your body, mind, spirit, I encourage you to spend some time in practice with the NAP Ministries Rest Deck. Each card in the deck includes reflections and practices created by NAP Bishop Trisha Hersey and aimed at the kind of transformative discernment Jesus calls us to in this scripture passage. as always for joining us we'd love to hear from you all by commenting on our soundcloud or twitter or facebook pages or filling out the survey on our podcast page at surge.org give us a like or rate us on itunes spotify or wherever you check out our podcasts you can find out more about surge at surge.org where you can sign up for surge faith updates and find transcripts for every episode which include references, resources, and action links. And finally, a huge thanks to our sound editor, Jordan Perry. 
As we close out, I leave you with this blessing by Jan Richardson. Blessing in a time of violence, which is to say this blessing is always, which is to say there is no place this blessing does not long to cry out and lament, to weep its words and sorrow, to scream its lines in sacred rage which is to say there is no day this blessing ceases to whisper into the ear of the dying, the despairing, the terrified, which is to say there is no moment this blessing refuses to sing itself into the heart of the hated and the hateful, the victim and the victimizer with every last ounce of hope it has, which is to say there is none that can stop it, none that can halt its course, none that will still its cadence, none that will delay its rising, none that can keep it from springing forth from the mouths of us who hope, from the hands of us who act, from the hearts of us who love, from the feet of us who will not cease our stubborn, aching marching marching until this blessing has spoken its final word until this blessing has breathed its benediction in every place in every tongue peace 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 Yeah.